What is going on to everybody out there in Sharks territory? Good morning to all of us here in San Jose, California. For those of you who are watching World Cup of Soccer, it's a shame that the United States got eliminated today, but it is what it is. This is a hockey podcast, and specifically, this is the Shark City podcast for December 3rd, 2022. This is Season 2, Episode 13. In this episode, we're going to recap and react to the Sharks versus the Montreal Canadiens game that just went down this past weekend. Um, I understand that it's kind of, you know, a little old news at this point. It's game day. Pardon me. I'm a little um, behind on some of my projects here, but it is what it is. No excuses. We're going to briefly touch up on the past couple of games. It was back-to-back Tuesday and Wednesday uh, evening for us here in Sharks territory. The Canadians and the Maple Leafs, the Sharks split those games one apiece, one win, one loss. Uh, We're going to briefly preview the Senators game and Sabres game that are literally about to go down in, like, the next 24 hours, a couple hours away from opening face-off against Ottawa, and then same time tomorrow, uh, opening face-off against the Buffalo Sabres. We're going to talk about some of the um, national media rankings for the San Jose Sharks, see where the San Jose Sharks stand in the power rankings. Uh, We're also going to briefly touch up on what is supposed to be December's trade block. So there is um, some... Deadline's coming up in a matter of weeks, so we'll touch up on all that and more right here on the Shark City Podcast. All right. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? If you haven't had an opportunity to do so already and you're watching this live on YouTube or on Instagram, be sure to follow us across the board on social media, social media at Shark City Hockey, and uh, check out the webpage at sharkcityhockey.com for all of our um, previous episodes, and um, here we go. All right, diving right into it. So this past week on Tuesday, the San Jose Sharks went into Montreal and shut the Canadians out. Capel Kakinen earned his first shutout as a San Jose Shark. Um, the Sharks game, this really just started, they just started hot. I believe, um, you know, Bar- uh, excuse me, uh, Matt Nieto and Barabanov and Couture, you know, that line did a great job setting up the uh, opening uh, score for the Sharks 93 seconds into the game. Uh, Matt Nieto scored off a rebound goal from an initial wraparound shot attempt by Alexander Barabanov, who did an amazing job practically sprinting up the ice from behind his own blue line and sidestepped Montreal defenseman Caden Gouli to skate around him and take the lead pass from Captain Couture. And, you know, man, he looks good when he's flying with that flow, doesn't he? Anyways, uh, Barabanov went around the net. He got the real estate because he shook Gouli again around the net. It was crazy. Literally just like smoked him from the trapezoid to the opposite end of the uh, of the goal line. Uh, he shot the puck into the lower right side, but Jake Allen got his leg pad onto the biscuit. Allen tried to cover the puck with his glove hand, but Long Beach native Matt Nieto made his way to the crease and literally shot the puck out of his glove and into the net. Uh, Matt Nieto scored his fifth goal of the season. And uh, speaking of him, you know, he's actually starting to shine a little bit brighter for San Jose. Uh, Matt Nieto scored back-to-back goals against Montreal and Toronto, more on his second goal and as many nights a little bit later. Uh, right now in Montreal, though, uh, the play started with Nieto passing it to Couture to lead the rush out of the defensive zone. So that was pretty chill because it started with him and it ended with him. Uh, so he advances the puck out of the defensive zone into the attacking zone uh, via the lead pass to Couture, who then found uh, Barabanov to do that nice little rush and uh, you know put the shot on net and the wraparound attempt, and then Nieto was there to um, you know clean it up. So, you know, he stayed committed to the net. He literally skated by, like, three Montreal players, he being Matt Nieto, to get into the crease and score the first goal of the game. Uh, Montreal tried to challenge the play for offsides, but they're unsuccessful and were penalized for delayed games. So, um, honestly, honestly, really quick on that, 
you know, I'll have to go back and watch that play again because a lot of us, including the home broadcast team, thought for sure that that play was going to get called back. But no complaints will be filed on this end of the ice. The Sharks get the call of a good goal, and they're up 1-0. And um, I literally think, like, that sequence of events, the goal, the no call, and then being put on the power play just so early, like not even two minutes into the game, uh, definitely, like, swinged the momentum early on to San Jose. Uh, Montreal would take another delay game penalty literally like two minutes after that first initial delay game penalty for the uh, fail challenge. This time for puck over glass. Uh, not that it mattered much because the Sharks wouldn't go to score. Uh, they wouldn't go on to score a goal again until the third period. Uh, in fact, I don't think they even scored. Yeah, they went 0-5 and five on the power play, so they didn't even score in the power play at all uh, despite all the chances. Um, but I am loving this new power play formation. All right, um, It looks like it's like a 1-3-1 deep in the zone. And the Sharks are placing a skater like in the crease with three skaters in the middle of the attacking zone, like one in the middle of the slot and uh, one in each of the face-off circles on the left and right side, and then like a lone defender at the point. So I, I love how this allows for puck movement and challenging the puck when bringing offensive pressure uh, to the puck carrier or you know to the puck if you're trying to play the open zone. So it's a shame that they couldn't put away um, some, you know, they couldn't put the game away early with those uh, two chances, those back-to-back -back, uh, delay of games. Because, uh, you know, the power play was buzzing in terms of, like, style points and flair. But, you know, they just never got the goals. Anyways, um, you know, Kapokakadin looked sharp early on as well. Obviously, with the shutout, you know, he was, the, you know, the sh number one star for San Jose without a doubt. Um, but, you know, it was really apparent early on in the game he was going to have a big night. Just a second shot on goal. He robs uh, Cole Caulfield, who had a wide open net as he, like, lurked in near the faceoff circle to Kakadin's right. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe robbing is uh, jazzing it up a little bit, but, you know, Kakinen was definitely in great position. Um, you know, his position was well. He moved from post to post. Um, you know, he covered significant size of the uh, of the net, and, you know, Caulfield essentially put the puck into his chest, right? So, um, you know, he would go on to make some more amazing saves. I'm not trying to water it down, but that second save definitely, I think, um, was like another one of those... Um, just momentum swinging moments of the game uh, where Kakinen was already looking like, you know, like, like a brick wall. Anyways, um, especially that third period, right? Um, I might be pronouncing this a little off. So pardon me. Um, I think, I believe it's a uh, Urash Salkovsky. I am murdering that. I know I am. My apologies, but he's the 2022 first round overall draft pick. And, um, Kakinen made a great save on him too. Um, he like literally like, um, like, how did I say this? He he saved him and he left a, a pretty juicy rebound, right? Then he had to sprawl across the uh, across the crease and make another great goalie uh, pad save to shut down uh, Michael Pizzetta about midway through the third period. Uh, but all that to say, you know, um, in as much words as possible, I guess, <laughs> just kidding, is, um, you know, he was having a fantastic night. But back to the uh, second period really quick as we uh, revisit the Montreal game. Uh, the second 20 minutes was a penalty fest for the Sharks. Uh, Oscar Limbum got called for slashing. Jeffrey Veal got called for hooking. Timo Meyer for tripping. Jacob Magna for delay of game. Uh, puck over to glass. Um, Sharks killed six penalties in total that night. Um, there were still plenty of chances to score goals. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Sharks, you know, never lived the pressure in the second period. So it's not to say that nothing went down. There's no action. Uh, Barabanov had some quality chances, including one that found the crossbar off a rebound opportunity. But the Sharks just couldn't uh, really light the lamp in that uh, second frame. 
those two penalties that I spoke of actually kind of um, the last two with, with Meyer and tripping and um, and Magna for delayed game actually kind of um, bit the Sharks in a behind, pardon the pun, because um, you know they would start the uh, third period down on, on a two man advantage, so to be on a penalty kill with only three guys on the ice. Um, which is also amazing because, you know, the Sharks would eventually find the back of the net twice within the first five minutes of the third period, all right? So Tomas Hurdle and Lone Couture made it 3-0, scoring just a minute and 15 seconds apart. Uh, Tomas Hurdle redirected a Kevin LeBink shot. That made it 2-0. Uh, that was Tomas Hurdle's sixth of the year, I believe. Um, Nick Cisek got an assist on that as well. Uh, that's his second assist. So, you know, the kid is doing good ever since we called him up from Kuda. He's, you know, he's definitely showing up on the scoreboard. Um... Logan Chor made it 3-0, and now he leads the Sharks in goals with his 13th goal of the season. Uh, Matt Benning and Mark Edward Vlasic got assists on the captain's goal. So, again, what's really impressive about that sequence was uh, this 1-2 punch that San Jose uh, delivered to the Canadians. It, it happened after, you know, being down uh, two skaters. You know what I'm saying? Um with like less than 90. So those penalties were committed by Meyer and Maiden with like less than 90 seconds in that second period. So, you know, we started it off with like a pretty significant amount of time on the penalty kill uh, down two guys. And, you know, obviously killed it off and then go to score back to back. Just just an amazing overall effort. Um, Hurdle scores an empty net, a netter. So that's why they won four to zero. Uh, Kevin LeBanc and uh, Timo Meyer got an assist on that. So, yeah, shutout victory for Salzy Sharks. That was a pretty amazing night. Sharks territory. Capo Kakadin registered his third career shutout, his first with San Jose. Uh, he stopped 28 shots in total. Um, you know, the big three on the offensive line nearly played an entire period. Tomas Hurdle uh, tallied 19 minutes, 42 seconds of total time on ice. Timo Meyer was playing for 19 uh, minutes and 20 seconds. Logan Chor with 19 minutes, 32 seconds. Um, Couture and Hurdle were solid in the face-off battles. The captain won 50%. Uh, Hurdle with 56. And Matt Benning. Matt Benning, he um, put in 21 minutes, 16 seconds of play. Right up there um, right up there with like Carlson. I think got like 25. And it was um, Mark Vlasic, by the way, also played more than 20 minutes. So, um, you know, speaking of Matt Benning, you know, he's doing pretty solid. I mean, his skating has definitely improved. You know, he was looking super slow at the beginning of the season. Like, he looked like he was just getting skated through. But now I think his biggest issue is just watching the puck. Well, a little bit more into that um, in the next game. But um, on Twitter, Sharks Public Relations uh, tweeted out that that was Kevin LeBink's fourth multi-point uh, game this month. And in the last episode, I suggested that Kevin LeBink would make an interesting trade target for teams as his stock is kind of rising, you know, in stealth, like stealth-like. I think he's a sleeper on the trade block. Um, for 15 games that has uh, that LeBanc has played last month in November, he has 11 points with three goals and eight assists. Uh, the 26-year-old has two years remaining on his contract at 4.72 million annually. And uh, you know LeBanc, he's played his entire career in San Jose, so it will, it will be kind of weird to see him in a different sweater, that's for sure. But um, as Mike Greer said, you know. Um, for the right offer, unless your name's Hurdle, anybody is available. Um, so you know, definitely watch LeBank as his right as his stock rises here in Sharks territory. Um, you know, another player that spent their entire career with San Jose is Mark Edward Vlasic. Um, he finished the post game against um, the Montreal Canadiens with a very interesting comment. Um, he said 
and I quote, um, I think you said, I would love to play 82 games in Montreal. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, I'm certain that Vlasic was referring to the victory and not to the fact that he would love to play in his hometown, right? But what I'm saying here in everyone else's Sharks territory is send us your best offer, Habs. Send us your best offers. Anyways, no disrespect to um, Mark Edward Vlasic, but again, it's no secret in Sharks territory. Uh, everyone has a price unless you're Hurdle. All right, so moving on to Toronto, all right? This one was a loss, so I'm not going to spend too much time reliving this game. Uh, Austin Matthews and said, hey, what's going on, Rocker Zach? Uh, shout out to all y'all who are kicking it in the um, Instagram live comment sections and for all those who are uh, peeping us out on YouTube. Uh, thank you for interacting. Good morning. Happy game day. All right. Rocker Zach will be at the game tonight. All right, man. Jeremiah, remember... If you don't want me saying this, all right, Sharks, do me a favor and stay out of that penalty box, all right? That term is coined by Rockers, uh, by by Mr. Rocker Zach on Instagram, all right? Zach Croft, thanks for the shout-out, bro. All right, for Sharks territory, the main storylines for the Toronto Maple Leafs games were Aaron Dell and Tomas Hurdle. For the Maple Leafs fans, it was Austin Matthews and Mitchell Marner, all right? So Aaron Dell got his first start in net for the Sharks this season. It was also his first start for the Sharks since March 11th of 2020. I believe he played the Blackhawks that game. Uh, Dell's last NHL start in net was January 25th of this year, last season. Not this season, but this year, last season, January 25th, 2022, as a member of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Dell's last start for the Sharks. Oh, there's S.J. Barkey. Pardon me, everybody. He just woke up from his nap. Uh, so Dell's last start for the Sharks before Wednesday came um, again, my bad, against uh, the Blackhawks in March 2020. There we gather my thoughts here. Um, Dell, interesting enough, was looking for his first career win against Toronto. So Aaron Dell going into this game was 0-2 with a 5.08 goals against average um, when he played the Toronto Maple Leafs. So obviously Aaron Dell played an amazing game. An amazing game. His best game against Toronto um, in his career. It's a shame that he couldn't get the win. It was a scoreless first, but not for a lack of action. The game was practically a track meet. The Sharks started the game hot. Uh, out of all people, Redeem Shimmick got the first real good look at uh, Ilya Samsonov. Pardon me. Man, my tongue has problems saying that first name. Anyways, Austin Matthews opened up scoring for Toronto in the second period. Uh, Matt Benning got caught watching a puck again. I think for like almost three consecutive games. Like, just watch him tonight. Like, he, he's really kind of sometimes like, not, I don't want to say head on a swivel, but he does spend a significant amount of time watching the puck carrier or watching the puck movement and not paying attention to like, you know, um, like the, the skaters that he should be defending, specifically those who are like taking up real estate in the crease, like Austin Matthews. So, um, you know, Matt Benning got caught watching a puck. He was chasing, trying to poke check in a trapezoid behind Dell. Um, he was watching a pass, lost sight of Austin Matthews, and Matthews scored his 12th of the season. Um, you know, Matt Nieto scored the only goal for the Sharks. So, you know, that was the sixth of the season. Again, as I mentioned earlier, back to back. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Assist came from Logan Couture for his 10th of the season, 10th assist. And um, Cisek, who got, again, back-to-back assists. So the kid is doing good. Fourth assist of the season. Uh, kind of nice, by the way, 
just want to say this. Kind of nice to see two Latinos lining the lap in the second period. Uh, that is Austin Matthews and Matt Nieto. Uh, the Sharks would take a 1-1 tie into the third period. And, um, you know, that's where Hurdle would make a sus, extremely sus, questionable. For those of you who may not know what that means, I'm sus. <laughs> but, uh, you know, very questionable pass attempt across his own blue line. Only to turn it over on, on, on the play that eventually led to, you know, the game-winning goal for the Maple Leafs. Uh, an empty netter by uh, Mitchell Marner would extend his point streak to tie Toronto's franchise record of 18 games with a point. If you didn't see it, they posted a celebration of him getting, like, you know, a champagne shower. And I'm thinking, like, all that for an empty net goal? I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, Tomas Hurdle did take responsibility for the outcome of the game via Curtis Bischelka on Twitter. Uh, Tomas Hurdle was quoted saying this after postgame. It's all on me. I cost us two points because I make a stupid play. I feel really bad right now because we played a good game off the back-to-back. -back. Guys have a huge PK, and I bleeped. I'm not going to say it. Up. He bleeped up. So, yeah. You know, um, I read a lot of comments on social media from Sharks fans applauding Hurdle for kind of owning up to the mistake, while another portion of the fan base was saying essentially that, you know, Hurdle has not lived up to his extension thus far and are using recent events such as this to support their arguments. I mean, the month of October, for sure, he was absent, all right? 11 games, one goal, five assists. But in November, he played 15 games and scored 17 points, five goals, 11 assists. So now at 26 total games for the season, he has 23 points. I would say Tomas Hurdle is doing just fine. All right, so um, let's talk about the games that are coming up later on this um, this evening for us, or this afternoon, depending on where you are, and uh, tomorrow. So... Uh, the Sharks will take on Ottawa and Buffalo this weekend in back-to-back -back games. The uh, Ottawa Senators are coming off an overtime victory over the New York Rangers um, yesterday, I believe it was, and they will be playing the Sharks for their second game in as many nights. So, you know, the Sharks should be fresh off of like a two-day break. It's Saturday. They haven't played since Wednesday. You know what I mean? Some might even say three. Three-day break, but I'll say two, all right? Uh, but the Senators are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, including a 5-1 and one loss to the Sharks back on November 21st. So the Sharks should hypothetically be the, the team that's primed to win this game, having the rest and not having to be the one coming off a back-to-back. However, they are projected to have a 38.7% chance of winning the game, making them the plus 125 underdog to win. All right, so um, as far as the game for the Sabres, uh, we discussed in the last episode that historically the Sharks just do not win in Buffalo, New York. The Sabres, however, are 3-6-1 and one in their last 10 games. Yet as of right now, just as of this moment, may change by tomorrow. The Sharks are projected to have a 28.5% chance of winning. Man. So let's see. Sharks are going to be the underdogs going into this uh, weekend's action. Uh, James Reimer, by the way, he was placed on injured reserve, but he's traveling with the team, and he was kind of questionable to start on the road. Uh, considering Capo Kacken the shutout and Aaron Dell stellar play, I think it's safe to say that Optimus Ryan can't continue to nurse that lower body, in lower body injury, pardon me. And I believe as of this morning, Coach David Quinn confirmed that he will still be out, um, you know, nursing that injury. And since we're talking about projections and chances of winning earlier, let's just check out some playoff probabilities via hockey reference before we take our uh, break here in the podcast. Uh, the playoff probabilities as of right now for Central Division, uh, these are, you know, the favorite, the favorites, I guess. 
uh, as of now to win. We'll see. But uh, this is the trip. So the Central Division, uh, 97% chance of making the playoffs, 48.8% chance of winning the division, only 10.5% chance of winning the Cup, are the Dallas Stars for the Central Division. In the Atlantic Division, the Boston Bruins have the 99.8% of making the playoffs, no duh, 81.4% chance of winning the division, and a 14.1% chance of winning the Cup. That was as of um, last night, okay? So these figures may have changed a little bit. Uh, Metropolitan Division, New Jersey, 99.2% chance of making the playoffs, 78.3% chance of winning the division, and 12.7% chance of winning the cup. All right. I think right now the Sound of the Sharks percentage of making the playoffs is 22. Um, so not so good. <laughs> so, you're, so you're all wondering, okay, wait, wait a minute. You said everyone's division except for Pacific. Yeah, because this is a trip. This is the second season of their existence. And right now, the Seattle Kraken with Martin Jones. Martin Jones. Surrendering like what eight goals and still gaining a victory. I mean, my goodness. Okay, let me calm down. Seattle right now has a 96.4% chance of making the playoffs, 45.8% chance of winning the division, with the 6.4% chance of winning the cup. My goodness, that's still crazy. It's just still crazy. Anyways, um, you know, with all this, I think it's appropriate now that we go take a quick, um, you know, quick little um Message from our friends down at DraftKings. So I'm Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast. Uh, just stick with us. We'll be right back in just a moment. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, what's going on to everybody in Sharks territory? If you're just joining the program right now live on YouTube or Instagram, we just got them covering uh, the past two games against the Maple Leafs and the Canadians. Sounds like Sharks split those games in their back-to-back contest. Uh, one and one, a shutout against the Canadians and a very unfortunate loss. A very unfortunate loss, pardon me, uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, the Sharks definitely deserved a point in that game. Um, I would go as far as to say that they deserve to win, but you know, it is what it is. We're already done with that segment. So let's move on. Uh, NHL power rankings have been released for the month, you know, starting for this, um, yesterday for now we're in the month of December, uh, NHL power rankings were released by ESPN and USA today. Uh, so let's just dive in there and check out what the national media thinks of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, really quick, a roster breakdown of San Jose. Um, San Jose Sharks are, how do I say this? They are tied, as this is coming from ESPN, they are tied with New Jersey for having the most countries represented on their roster this season, that being nine players. Um, so the roster breakdown... For San Jose, they have 12 Canadians, 5 Americans, 2 Czechs, 2 Swedes, 2 Russians, 1 Finn, 1 German, and 1 Swiss. Um, the Sharks are also the only team 
to have both a German and Swiss player, that being Nico Sturm and Timo Meyer. Um, the 20, uh, excuse me, the Sharks, the Saturday Sharks' previous ranking, all right, was 30. Oh, man, 30 out of 32. Uh, now they've improved, you know, slightly better, but now, according to ESPN, the Saturday Sharks are ranked 25 in the power rankings. Uh, previous ranking was 30 by ESPN. Points percentage is 38.46%. And, um, you know, I'm thinking, okay, not too bad. Still kind of, for those of you who are hoping to tank for Bedard, you know, still kind of in the race for that number one overall pick. Um, you know, we're just maybe slightly approaching 30% of the season behind us. And, you know, to be still a, a, around that bottom seven isn't a bad deal. We'll see where the Sharks fare coming, you know, toward uh, springtime. USA Today has us ranked slightly less, but right around the same range. Uh, the Sharks obviously are 8, 14, and 4 right now. So they're ranking us at 26. Uh, they last ranked us at 28. And um, they're saying, this is out of the USA Today, that it's, and I quote, a shame Eric Carlson's resurgence, 32 points in 26 games, is doing absolutely nothing for the Sharks. End quote. Um, so, yeah. Um, They're saying that defense and goaltending is essentially the reason why, um, you know, Erickson's, uh, excuse me, Eric Carlson's hot start is essentially for no good. It's a bad way of putting it. I think it's good for us in Sharks territory, USA Today. Anyways, um, however, it's, you know, they, they acknowledge that it's, and I quote, it's nice to see Carlson bounce back after some real tough years in San Jose, end quote. So, you know, they're not throwing complete shade on San Jose. But that seems to be the sentiment, okay? So, um, you know, Eric Carlson's name has been coming up with trade rumors, and it's going to continue to come up with trade rumors. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's kind of one of the things that Mike Greer, you know, one of the, we, will, we will remember this, okay? So one of the first things, this is his first year, okay? This is his first year as the Sharks GM, and one of the first things that we'll remember him for is being the one to kind of just open up the trade talks when it comes to EK65. Maybe he will, you know, not necessarily take some of his comments back like retract a statement but i do feel that you know like depending on the situation or the plan or if anyone could even make space for carlson to you know offer a trade with the salary cap and all that i'm sure the sharks don't want more dead cap space but y'all all y'all sharks territory already know right this, we've already heard this this tune we've already have sung this song at some point in the past couple of weeks um so point point in case is that um, Forbes magazine is recognizing Eric Carlson as a potential Norris trophy candidate. Wow. Shocking news. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but there is a very interesting piece that I, I want to focus on um, in this article. First, let's um, just preview some of the uh, main points that they have. Um, you know, so, Forbes magazine had obviously pointed out that Eric Carlson has, you know, he's coming off of serious Achilles tendon injury from 2013. Um, then he had a foot injury in, in 2017 that required surgery. Uh, doctors removed part of his ankle bone and they inserted an artificial tendon. Okay. So, um, you know, whether it's Quinn's new on ice system, as they called it, or, you know, with Brent Burns no longer in the picture, or perhaps, you know, Carlson finally healed 
from all that surgery, right? Um, they're pretty much saying like, you know, he's looking outstanding, obviously. Um, so here's what's, what's all that mean? This right here is what really stuck out to me in this article. And I wanted to share it with the Sharks fans out there. So they say this, and I want to quote this word for word. Despite his phenomenal numbers, Carlson's Norris chances might be hurt if the Sharks remain outside the Western Conference playoff pitcher. But those odds could improve if he's playing for a contender when ballots are cast at season's end. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Okay. If Eric Carlson having this outstanding year, literally taking Connor McDavid for his money, like, you know what I mean? Like, and well, making him run for his money, you know what I mean? Challenging him. Obviously, the best defenseman in the league right now. But literally, I mean, we're talking like he could be Rocket Richard. I mean, this could be like a Joe Thornton type of deal where, you know, like we have a top um, elite player. I know some people want to laugh if I say elite, but it is what it is, man. He's, he's an elite defenseman. Whether or not you want to, you know, show him that respect or, or um, you know, acknowledge um, his impact on the ice, you know, that's up to you. But he's an elite defenseman, okay? Um, if, if you want me to play fair, I'll say world class, okay? But no, he's an elite defenseman. And um, it will be a shame if this season is, and I don't want to say it's all for naught or it'll be wasted because that sounds, I, I don't like that that notion either. But the point I'm trying to get at is it would be a shame if he's not even considered to be a like candidate or in other words, he won't be seriously considered to win a Norris Trophy this season if he's a member of the San Jose Sharks. So that kind of tripped me out because that could, in my opinion, have some huge influence on whether or not Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks decide to move Carlson this season. Uh, Eric Carlson obviously has the fourth highest cap hit in the league. He has $11.5 million, and that's going on until 2027. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard. There's teams right now essentially like doing some injury reserve moves, roster movements for cap relief, right? But, um, you know, will any, will anyone be able to make like a move um, and afford him, even if the Sharks retain a salary, who knows? So I hope, I hope that if for some reason, well, I don't want to say some reason, that sounds so negative. I hope that if um, Eric Carlson and the San Jose Sharks decide that his tenure in San Jose at least as there was one more season or perhaps they had to make the deal to move him in the offseason, I hope that that doesn't like, like, um, like disqualify him from being like a serious contender for that trophy. Cause that'll just be, that'll be bull shark in my opinion. That'll be bull shark. All right. We're about to close off the program here in just a moment. So since we're talking about trades, um, bleacher report, uh, excuse me, bleacher report, um, released 10 players that should be on the NHL trade block for this month. So for those of you who don't know, there is a holiday roster freeze that goes into effect at 11 59 PM eastern time on december 19th all right until 12:01 a.m eastern time on december 28th all right so if the sharks are if anyone wants to make a bid for any of the uh, roster players or for carlson for that matter they have until the they, let me see they have about 16 more days to do so all right so via Bleacher Report, only three trades occurred in November. 
On November 23rd, the New York Rangers uh, traded Ryan Reeves. We all know that guy. Anyways, uh, to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a fifth-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft. Uh, same day, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired defenseman Connor Timmins from the Arizona <clears throat> pardon me, from the Arizona Coyotes for forward Curtis Douglas. And on November 30th, at the end of the month, the Carolina Hurricanes acquired Vegas Golden Knights defenseman Zach Hayes for future consideration. Um, so, 10 players, NHL trade block for December via Bleacher Report. Which players do you think were on there? I'll give you like a couple of guesses for those of you who are in the, um, in the comment section. And I'll wait, I'll say I'll wait about 20 seconds because I know there's a little bit of delay. All right, so I'll wait. All right, we'll just do a little a little waiting here. You know what? I don't like dead air. <laughs> so we're going to move on. All right. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to guess by now, obviously Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson are on that list. Um, so where are they ranked out of 10? Number nine, Timo Meyer. Um, let's see. Peter LeBron of TSN. Peter LeBron reported that he heard... He was hearing that uh, from other clubs, not the Sharks, but that from other clubs, that general manager Mike Greer was willing to entertain trade offers on nearly every player in his roster. Um, that raised questions, or excuse me, excuse me. Pretty much, we already know that. Mike Greer, October 27th, everyone's open for roster. So now people are talking about Timo Meyer, and they're talking about Eric Carlson, and they're talking about everybody else. But back to Timo Meyer, ranked number nine out of 10. Um, Myers 26, he's slated to become an unrestricted, excuse me, a restricted free agent with arbitration rights uh, this summer uh, coming up. Uh, his salary cap hit is $6 million and but he's actually earning $10 million in salary this year. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much like, how do I say this? On the 4th of November, The Athletic reported... <laughs> Uh, everyone's favorite Kevin Kurz suggested that Meyer would be a good fit for the New York Islanders. Um, I believe not too long ago, they were even talking about him being on New Jersey. And I see the fan base too on Twitter. I see them kind of like trying to get support also for Islanders. But yeah, the Islanders and the New York Islanders and the New Jersey hockey fans, I see them kind of like trying to gain a, uh, support for, uh, for Meyer. But, um, Pretty much, this is what happens. Okay, this is all that matters. Forget all the, uh, you know, all the fluff and all the smoke and mirrors and all the gossip. Earlier this season, Timo Meyer's agent said he didn't expect to receive any offers until the end of this season. So you know, unless the situation changes via Bleacher Report, Meyer will likely pop up more frequently in media trade chatter. All right, so yeah, that's pretty huge. That's pretty huge. That um his agent isn't expecting a deal to even take place until the season's over. Because essentially that means like, you know, you're not going to know about your tenure or if you're even going to be in San Jose this season. So yeah, uh, Timo Meyer, I think definitely is a player that we have to watch. I also suggested Kevin LeBanc and Eric Carlson. Obviously everyone's talking about Eric Carlson. So where does Bleacher Report have him ranked on 10 players to look out for on the NHL trade block for this month? They have him ranked at number three. All right. So um, on November 15th, Mike Greer actually told reporters from himself that he's willing to listen to trade offers from anybody for EK65. And he's not actively shopping, you know, the 32-year-old defenseman. But, you know, 
He's not going to turn down any um, any offers. Now, I've heard from um, David Quinn, not me personally, you know, like Sharks Audio Network and whatnot. And I, I've read I've read from Mercury News, Eric Carlson's comments. And the way this would go down is essentially, you know, Mike Greer will find that offer. He'll talk to the coach, Coach Quinn, and then they'll talk to the player, Eric Carlson, who obviously has the, the power to, to you know, um, strike down any deal. He has complete control of his contract right now. Um, so really quick, just catching us up to, you know, some of the trade rumors here. Um, let's see. Ottawa Senators kind of came up for Eric Carlson because of Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet. He uh, said that he doubts the Senators could afford him, even if the Sharks retained part of his salary. But that was one of the trade destinations that kind of came up. Maybe it was just a dream. Who knows? But on 32 Thoughts podcast, um, that's his podcast. Uh, Friedman also um, suggested that the Florida Panthers and Washington Capitals are possible suitors. Um Toronto Star, that's a publication, newspaper out there. Uh, wondered if there's any way that maybe the Maple Leafs get this guy. So, you know, um, get prepared today to hear a lot of, um, you know, press meetings in Ottawa about Carlson potentially, you know, coming back home, so to speak. Um, not going to happen, but, you know, he definitely will be bombarded and he'll definitely have more cameras and microphones in his face and he'll definitely have to, you know, dance around the same questions about, you know, how do you feel about being in San Jose and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's going to be a fun show to watch this season. If, you know, there is anything else to watch outside of Sharks hockey, hopefully they win back-to-back games again tonight against Ottawa. Ottawa's fresh off of a game less than 24 hours ago against the Rangers. And, um, yeah, you know, Sharks are essentially on a 72-hour, like, like recovery break, right? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Let's go Sharks. And hopefully, you know, they win this, you know, this weekend because we could use back-to-back here in Sharks territory for reals. All right. Thank you to everybody who's been listening to this uh, program from the top of the hour. I am Aaron James. That has been the Shark City Podcast for December 3rd, 2022. We'll get together most likely Monday evening to discuss the results of this weekend's game and to catch up on the latest news going down the Sharks territory. Um, thank you once again to everybody on Instagram Live who is a uh, interacted with the uh, show and to everybody who's watching on YouTube. And of course, to all of, um, you know, the Sharks fans out there who are peeping us out on their favorite podcast platform. Um, so I am Aaron James. Once again, this is the Shark City Podcast. Don't forget to check out every episode of Shark City Podcast at sharkcityhockey.com and follow us across social media at Shark City Hockey on Twitter for game day reaction and reviews um, and some highlights on Instagram as well to keep up with the podcast and, you know, uh, interact in some of the uh, stuff that we'll be publishing on, on our stories so we could get a little bit more uh, involved and have a little bit more of the community be involved with the show. Definitely want to, you know, feature some of your guys' stuff, uh, opinions, that is, on here. So look out for the polls. Look out for the questions. All that will be going down on Instagram. All right. I am going to spend the rest of this lovely day in San Jose, sarcastically. It's actually not too bad. Uh, we have some... Uh, some rain. We have a rainy, a rainy, wet weekend. But, you know, um, there's some Sharks hockey on, so it's a nice time to snuggle up, get my Sharks um, little snuggy here. You know what I'm talking about? Those, those like, blankets with the sleeves through them. Yeah, I got a sound like Sharks one. And then, you know, get S.J. Barky cuddled up and, you know, get um, the missus here, the lovely missus here, and, you know, watch some, watch some Sharks hockey. 
All right, everybody, have a good weekend.